Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Swung on, stroke down the left field line toward the foul pole, and this one is gone. A home run for Miguel Andujar right down the line in left. Home run number three, and the Pirates have the lead, 1-0. One of the more impressive home runs I've seen, not just out of the Pirates, but out of any team this season. Miguel Andujar with a two-run, or excuse me, a solo home run that put the Pirates up early, 1-0. Pirates ended up losing the game against the Cardinals 6-4 to yesterday, but they still took two of three games in that series, and the Pirates still won five of six on that road trip. They swept the Kansas City Royals. Went over to play the Cardinals and won two of three. We're going to five-win road trip. Why is Miguel Andujar important, though, other than hitting an impressive home run? I'll talk about that in a little bit. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. And you can apply online at 84lumber.com. The Cardinals, the only team in the National League Central right now not to hit 60 wins. The Pirates are 63 and 74, four games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. And so, is it going to be like a symmetrical season for the Pirates? High start, low in the middle, maybe a high finish. Let's hope. I, I've been saying this for a while. I still hope that the Pirates. Finish over the Cardinals this season. That's my only wish, is that they finish over the Cardinals this season. They can end that streak of finishing below the Cardinals in the National League Central. Let's hope that the Pirates stay afloat. we got a tough series against the Milwaukee Brewers and can play spoiler if they can do well in this series. The Cubs are trailing the Brewers by three and a half games in the NL Central. So if the Pirates can get a sweep and the Cubs can win their games, It'll be a closer race there, so that could be interesting. The Pirates could have a part in that. The Reds are falling off a bit. They're 71-68. and 68. They're six and a half games out now of the division. So, yeah, Pirates still not in it, but there are some questions that the Pirates are going to have to answer, and I want to talk about one of those this morning with you. If you want to call, you can at 412 928 Nine three seven zero. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Callus underscore three three. That's C A L L A S underscore three three. And we could talk on there. We could talk over the phone. Also, uh, Pitt won over the weekend. That one pretty straightforward. Other than one drive, other than that first drive on offense, they were pretty solid, and uh, they did what was expected, and maybe a little more. Forty five to seven. 
Penn State beat West Virginia University. That uh, that a final thirty eight to fifteen. Though that game had some controversy because apparently scoring late and tacking on runs is not sportsmanlike. Hmm. We'll talk about that as well in a little bit, and you can call and you can give your opinion on that as well at 412-928-9370. And again, you can talk to me on Twitter at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. And speaking of Twitter, real quick, I want to address this because I, I giggled this morning. Uh, Adam Crowley, fan morning show host who's off today because it's a holiday, he tweeted, one week from right now, the Steelers will be 1-0, Third straight season they've opened as a dog. We'll get it done again. And, you know, I like to be controversial with Adam Crowley, and he's not here, so I can say this and say what I responded with. Um, so I quoted his tweet, and I said, uh, if they start the same way, wouldn't that make them destined to be on the bubble again instead of comfortably in the playoffs? And then somebody responded, <laughs> quote, and, you know, with the dumb text, if they start by winning, doesn't that mean they'll lose? No way you're saying this. No, I'm not saying it. Of course I'm not saying it. I just like messing with Crowley. Yes, we want them to start with a win. But, um, yeah. The way they've started, though, in seasons, I mean, the the, the Bengals game was not great. But they still got a win. Uh, The game against the Bills the previous season was more inspiring. But, of course, I want them to win. I just enjoy poking at Crowley a little bit because uh, that's what we do on this show frequently. And whether we're poking at each other while we're here or on... X, formerly known as Twitter. That's what we do. So, no, I'm not serious. I'll let you all know that now. I just wanted to poke fun at him. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, So this, I think, is an important question. And this is really going to hinder what the Pirates want to do moving forward. Other than one player on the roster now, I think the Pirates go into next season out of excuses. There's one excuse they might have. With this exception, they don't have any excuses. Winning's got to come. the The talent's been developed over four years. It's got to It's got to come around. I don't judge too much the general manager's approach or the general manager's results in a shorter period of time as I do the manager's. I kind of get a feel for a manager based on how they address the public. Derek Shelton, along with many other pirate managers, very reserved, just kind of has the same answer, has the same theme when they're losing. I don't always love that. I like to see a little more flavor, but that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. and That doesn't mean necessarily that he's a bad manager, but I can only judge him based on what he says. When you talk about a general manager, there are so many things that happen over time or that need to happen over time, that I have a little bit more patience with the general manager. So um, to not give Ben Charrington at least one more year, I think is is still too quick of a trigger because there's so much to develop. And the COVID season, like you got to understand too, like 2020, there were no minor leagues. So I want everybody to keep that in mind as well. So we talk about that being a year. Hmm. Not really. It, it was really tough because the minor league players weren't developing. It was just a 60-man roster. Some of those players on that roster had never played before, and they got their major league debuts because of an unfortunate situation for everyone in the world. So 
that I'm not going to count. And this is why it's tough for general managers as well, dealing with injury. And the excuse or the the interesting factor that's going to come into play now is what are the Pirates going to do with the middle infield? Leover Piguero is doing a phenomenal job as the shortstop of the Pirates right now. I mean, he had one bobble in the game yesterday, and it was kind of tough. Nothing came of it, but uh, a, a tough play where it hit off the dirt, and he kind of bobbled it because he was trying to get himself into position to throw the ball to second or to flip the ball to second because there was a force play at second from shortstop, and he didn't get it. Other than that, though, he made a heck of a diving play uh, in the eighth inning on that call that uh, he couldn't get excited about at first because the umpire called him safe. The, they later, the crew got together and decided to to look at it and review it, and then it got overturned. But a sensational play to get to the ball and then have the arm strength to throw it to first to get the out I think is very notable. And then you ask. Okay, well, Leover Peguero is playing very well. Nick Gonzalez is coming around, you know, a first-round pick of theirs in 2020. Termar Johnson, a middle infielder, um, is he going to stay at the middle infield positions? And then you got O'Neill Cruz, who's coming off the injured list. The biggest, the absolute biggest problem for the Pirates was that O'Neill Cruz got hurt in April. And I don't just mean that because I think that he was going to single-handedly save the day for the Pirates. I think having him in the lineup created a threat that strengthened the other hitters because there were not uh there weren't many weaknesses. And I think that with O'Neill Cruz in the lineup, when you try to pitch around Cruz and then try to pitch to other players to to bet on getting them out, those other players succeed. Connor Joe is one of those that comes to mind. He was doing really well in April, but then he was exposed as a weakness when the ultimate strength of Cruz went down. I think all of those factor in and play into the Pirates succeeding. And part of the reason why I think that they did very well in April. But not only that O'Neill Cruz kind of re- shaped the lineup. O'Neill Cruz being hurt this year means that we still have a, a question mark on if he can reach his potential. And that's going to hurt the Pirates as well because now this isn't earth-shattering news necessarily on its face. But we kind of knew that, that we're not going to see him this year. He hasn't had a full year in the majors yet. And now you're going into 2024. You've lost another year of his career and you're coming into this next season now with all these top prospects, and you really expect them to win. You really want them to win games. You really want them to compete after we've waited so long and had so many unfortunate circumstances kind of sh shape the team over these last few years. Now we haven't seen him, and we've just got to bet that he's going to do well. Unless you don't want to bet, and that's the question I want to ask. You can answer it 412-928-9370. What do you want to do with O'Neill Cruz, with all these other middle infielders doing well, especially Lievro Piguero? 
doing as well as he's doing? What do you do with Cruz? What do you do with the other middle infielders? Do you trade anybody? Do you try to fit them all in? Will O'Neill Cruz be okay playing a different position? All very important questions, and this is a puzzle now that's getting harder to shape with how these events have occurred. We got a caller at 412-928-9370. Hello. Hello, this is Ted. Hey, real quick about the Pirates. To me, with Cruz, you put him in outfield. Um, you know, when you suck for so long, none of these players, to me, deserve to have a guaranteed spot. You know, I, I mean, I think that's what got Pirates, the Pirates in trouble last time. Mm-hmm. Even hurt them. You don't make promises to players when you suck. Well, the only thing too is that Cruz doesn't want to play the outfield, and now you know Who how cares? much. Oh no, I I understand. I agree with you, but like, what do you do in that instance where he refuses? Do you then trade him? Do you like? You what do you go? do? He'll play the outfield. Look what they're doing with their catcher. The first round pick. He's in the outfield. Yeah, Henry Davis is a team guy, though, 100%. Exactly. You you hit it right there. Team guy. You can't do it for one and not for the other. You haven't earned nothing yet. If he he refuses to play the outfield, if Cruz does, what would you do as a team? If he refuses, I say, sorry, welcome to the big leagues. If you you don't want to play, you get benched or you get thrown down. I mean, you have no tolerance for Eagles. You know, you know, for you know, no one on the team should have an eagle. They haven't earned nothing. When you're below 500, you have to let these guys know we win as a team, we lose as a team. Right? You haven't done anything. Ted from Mount Washington, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Absolutely agree with you. It's a conundrum though because O'Neill Cruz, at least when they asked him to play the outfield, did not seem like a team guy. Henry Davis should get a lot of credit because it's not his fault. If anything, the Pirates. We're setting him up for failure by having him play another position. But the fact that he was willing to play that other position shows that he's a team guy, and I respect him for that, for trying, for doing what the team asked of him. And that's what many winning cultures end up doing. So I agree with everything that Ted says, but it is just its a problem because what do you do if he doesn't? Okay, you bench him, but then what? He's clogging up a roster spot. Do you trade O'Neill Cruz and get back? What would you even get back for him at, at this point? Because he's not a proven commodity. He's shown flashes of excellence, but he hasn't played a full major league season. We don't know how injury prone he is at this point, And he just doesn't have the experience. He hasn't played enough. So what return do you get for O'Neill Cruz? Do you trade him? At this point, what do you do with them? Especially, I mean, it would be different if the middle infield was a problem right now, but recently it hasn't been. Leover, uh, excuse me, Leover Piguero has been playing tremendously well. Nick Gonzalez has had flashes and he's played more consistently. They're still trying to work him in and fit him in. Akilla Williams, probably not the answer, but there's just so much depth. Again, Terramar Johnson. Coming up, first round pick of the Pirates a couple years ago. So, what do you do? What do you do? Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. If you want to get in on this conversation, you're welcome to. You can also hit me up on X at Callus underscore three three. That's C A 
LLAS underscore three three. We'll continue to talk about the Pirates, uh, maybe a little bit, but I do want to talk about as well because this is a hot topic. Sportsmanship. Ho ho. Are you allowed to score at all? Late when you're up by a lot? Ever? Penn State, West Virginia. It happened in that game. A late score. With Penn State up by a lot. Talk about that. Next, when I come back, this is the Fan Early Morning Show. And my name is Nicholas Harry Callis. It's Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Summer is here. Come check out Trailblazer, Equinox, and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks. And you can check them out online at sunchevy.com. Today, high of 90, low of 71. Partly cloudy through the morning, and then through the rest of the day, it's going to be clear. Tomorrow, clear skies as well with a high of 92 and a low of 68. Expect some rain coming up next weekend. That's fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. It's the Fan Early Morning Show talking about the Pirates. Going to talk about WVU and Penn State as well. At some point before I get uh, off of this show and into the Fan Morning Show pre-show, but we got a caller at 412-928-9370. It's Earl in Cannonsburg. Hello, Earl. Hello, Nick. I was just wondering uh, why it's never been discussed about maybe putting Cruz at first base. I've heard a lot of talk on uh, the fan about we're, we need a quality first baseman, and with his arms and legs, I'm sure he could put a stretch on. He would be an excellent first baseman, I do believe, but the big issue is that when they tried to move him to the outfield, I think a year or two ago, he wasn't willing to play the outfield, and that kind of created a jam um, for them. Well, uh, he's in a different predicament now. He's hurt, and it might be even beneficial for him to ease into the lineup uh, instead of running around over there at the shortstop area. No, I hear you. What or what would you do if he refused to play shortstop and the Pirates still had all of – or he refused to play anywhere but shortstop – and the Pirates have all these middle infielders to plug in there. What would you do with Cruz? Well, I'll tell you what. you got a lot of talent in the, the middle infield. Right. And, uh, somebody's going to have to talk to him about maybe first base or if they prefer outfield. And he's going to have to get a little shock in here, that's all. Would you trade him if he, he refused? If he refused? Well, we'll see what we'd get for him. I'd put him up there and see. You didn't have to trade him, but you could see what he's worth. That's fair. Earl, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, it's just a predicament, though. I would put him at first base. I wouldn't mind that. I'd put him in the outfield, though, specifically because he has a a quality arm. Um, And I wanted to talk about this before, and I lost my train of thought on it a bit, but I wanted to bring up Miguel Andujar because of how hot he's been that maybe he's an answer for the Pirates if they wanted to pursue him. He had been lighting it up in AAA, and they've waited months to bring him back up, and I was watching on television Yesterday, and Greg Brown was talking to Neil Walker about how it would be, quote, criminal if the Pirates didn't give him an opportunity to come back up and play after the after the AAA season he's had this year. So maybe that's the jolt he needed. You could also make the argument that Andujar is a, is a quad-A player, that he does really well in AAA but hasn't figured it out at the major league level. I mean, that's fine. He didn't get too many opportunities, though, 
um, to play with the Pirates, so maybe they just wanted to develop him a bit more, though he's getting old. I don't know. And Duhar might be the first base option as well, though, looking at it. Uh, I would rather have Cruz in there, to be completely honest, but Andujar still a bat in the lineup. Um, Cruz, I, I still, yeah, again, I would put my money on Cruz to have better offensive numbers than Andujar, but again, like we don't know at this point what we're going to get out of O'Neill Cruz, and that is the scariest part about going into the 2024 season is that the player that uh, we've all highly anticipated still does not have any proven or consistent time at the major league level. And on top of that, this player will not, that's Cruz, will not go to another position, so it seems. And on top of that, the middle infielders that the Pirates have plugged in lately have been doing really well, including one of their other Top prospects, Leover. I always screw up saying his name. Leover Pagero. Leover Pagero. He's been doing extremely well. And the Pirates have a lot of depth in the middle infield. So, that's the big predicament here. What do you do with Cruz? What do you do with Pagero then? I mean, there's just there's so many questions surrounding this, and it's very fascinating. But it's also frightening. Very, very frightening. All right. Uh, uh, if you want to call and continue to talk about the Pirates, you're welcome to. I'll take calls. I'll take X posts. Um, if you want to tweet me, or not tweet. It's not Twitter anymore, but I'm going to continue to call them tweets and other posts. Um, on X, at Callas underscore 33, that's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. You can tag me in a post, start a conversation with me on there as well, and I'll respond to you as I can. Let's talk a little bit about sportsmanship. Let's talk about Penn State and West Virginia. So, 38-15 final, Saturday night, big game. Um, I'm sure it was watched by many, though also many of those fans and and uh, and spectators knew that the outcome was going to be close to what it turned out to be at the in the end. Including Adam Crowley, who came on yesterday with Donnie Football in the morning and talked about how, you know, WVU fans shouldn't be upset. And Donnie wanted to, Donnie was wondering if James Franklin knew the money line um, before deciding to go uh, to score a touchdown with seconds left in the game. And it just sparks all this controversy about what's sportsmanlike, what's fair, what's, what's enough. A big story within the last few years was, uh, before Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres took steroids, he hit a home run on a 3-0 pitch while the Padres were already up 7-0, and it turned out to be a grand slam, and it and it put them into double digits. And it was like the seventh inning. Was that excessive? When's enough enough? Was uh, with seconds left. Now, baseball's a little bit different because um, – there isn't a clock that moves the game inning to inning. You still have to record three outs for sides to turn over. In football, though, the clock's running. There is a clock. And, you know, you can take knees if you have enough downs to get you to the end of the game. So I guess it's a little bit different, but still um, the Rangers threw at the Padres after Tatis Jr. hit that home run. You can't really do that in football, but fans can be angry about it and maybe coaches and, and such as well. I don't think that there were too many – 
outspoken comments by WVU either, but a lot of fans are just, you know, on one side it's, oh, why are you running up the score? Why can't you just take a knee? Sportsmanship. And then there's another side that said, well, stop them then. You know, they don't have to oblige the sportsmanship. They're playing playing football. I don't know. And then then it gets into this whole argument. I've I've been hearing discussions about, you know, talking about kids now and participation trophies and, is this uh, is this argument regarding Penn State and West Virginia? Is that uh, is that a reflection on how we're bringing up our our kids and stuff? I don't know if you think that um, participation trophies have been uh, a point of controversy and, and and over many years have been a topic of interest. I don't. Uh, I grew up in the era of participation trophies. I got one myself. Um, that didn't stop me from wanting to be better, uh, though, as a baseball player. And I went from participation trophy to you know MVPs in my time. So I'm not going to say that it can't happen. And I've watched several other players as well who struggled a bit, you know, early on. I got participation trophies and then grew up and got stronger and ended up being good athletes. So I'm not going to say that participation trophies lead us to thinking this way. I think that when a team's already tired and beat up, if you want to continue to score on them over and over and over again, it's not really doing anybody any good. Because by that point, I mean, I've also been to football games too where we've been blown out and I just wanted the game to end. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, I don't want to put any more effort in. You know, you're not going to get a good fight from me. And, you know, you scoring again is just going to waste time. Why don't we just put this to bed? Because we understand what the result is. I think that's what's lost as well. Like WVU, I don't think, was lost on the fact that they, they could not win the game at that point. The only real factor in that game might have been the money line. Which, once Penn State scored a touchdown, they uh, they went over the money line and they covered. So, I mean, that's the only reason I can think of why... Penn State would have had any any incentive at all to score a touchdown in that situation. But it's been so controversial, I don't think it has to be, though. Okay, listen, on one side of it, that's my opinion. I mean, when you're in a game that has a foregone conclusion, your second's left, it's a double-digit lead, there's really no gain from scoring another touchdown other than betting. Really no gain. There's nothing... There's nothing there. The other team's beat, and they understand that, and you as the winning team should go, you know what, we've won. It's cool. Let's not waste any more time. That's my opinion on it. I still don't see anything wrong, though, with scoring if they so choose. If they want to put in an extra effort and already you know, continue to pour on a team that's been scored on over and over and over again, they have that option to do so. It's not about sportsmanship, though. I think it's just about you know how much time do we want to continue to waste on a game that has a conclusion? How much more of our efforts do we really want to exert to 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 get this score? Like, what does this score mean? And that's really it. I mean, Penn State felt it worth it, and they have a right to feel that it's worth it. I don't have a problem with it, essentially, but from my perspective, it's not about participation trophies. 
or any of that stuff. I really don't think participation trophies hinder athletes and, and participants from from you know wanting to to win because everybody gets a trophy. It's not even a, it's not about that. And usually they're just like little medals and stuff too. They're tiny trophies. If you win a championship, you get the big trophy. So I don't think that it's it's anything about kids and participation trophies or any of that. If Penn State wants to score, they can. But if WVU fans or WVU players are upset about it, okay. Take one more call at 412-928-9370. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, this is Travis from Harrisburg. Hi there. What do you want to talk about? Hey, just wanted to weigh in on Cruz a little bit and then weigh in on the end of Penn State, West Virginia. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, as far as Cruz goes, um, first base has been Pittsburgh's equivalent to Cleveland Browns quarterback situation. <laughs> like, you can go down the list of helpless names that have been over there. And if I would talk to Cruz about that, I would appeal to the legacy because since Willie Stargell, by and, by and large, there has not been a name there that has struck fear into any opposing pitcher, any opposing team. Okay. So I'm good. I, I think that's I think that's a fair way to talk to him about it because you could really maybe appeal. Second thing, um, I, I turned the game off because it was long been decided, and I saw like the uproar, or whatever. Answer me this: were, were, Did Penn State have their second string in going in to get that touchdown? Yeah, I think they I think they did. Well, here's the thing: like you, like if you played sports at any level and you've been on the second team, that chance to get in there and actually do something in a game that matters and actually counts for something, like okay, like I have no problem with those guys going in and scoring the touchdown because they need reps too. And you know what? It's okay to get them a little bit of shine on it. And I hate saying that because I'm a Pitt fan. <laughs> Thanks for taking my call, man. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for the call. I agree with that point. No notes there. Sure. If this, if the backups are in and they want to get reps, that's fine. That's fine. I hear it. I hear both sides. I just uh, there's this participation trophy argument that's been thrown around, and I don't want to hear any of that because I think that. That's just not valid. But, no, I mean, there are several points that are valid on both sides, I would think. And that one is is also an appropriate argument. Um, if, the, if the backups are in and they want to get reps, give them reps. Let them get in-game reps. Sure. Yeah, no problem with that argument. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 